everybody. Welcome to Cult Following. Brought to you every couple of weeks from the same folks who bring you Cult Classics AZ retro movie screenings in Tempe, Arizona every month. You can always find our podcast on iTunes. Search for Cult Following. I'm one of your three hosts today. I'm Victor Marino along with Kirby Nelson. And Adam Rakowski. Hello. And today we are going to talk about the subject of buddy movies. You know, those movies where a friendship plays some kind of essential role in the denouement of the genre. You know, it could be buddy, buddy cop movies, bad boys, buddy zombies. I don't know. Buddy Christ. We'll talk about it all on this episode of Cult Following. And before we get into that, the meat and potatoes of our conversation, we're going to talk a little bit about our week in film. What have we been watching? Netflix, theaters, such and such, the Betamax. What have you been watching, Kirby? You know, not much this week, so it'll be pretty quick. I mean, I've checked out a few things here and there and stuff. Um mostly is catching up on some shows here and there with netflix um trying to watch some new ones a lot of documentaries um theatrically i have actually only seen one film in a while i meant to go see ant-man this weekend but didn't get a chance um still need to see terminator genesis i'm like always a couple weeks behind um but i still do the dollar theaters a lot and i decided to give one a try that i haven't really had a huge desire to see but thought it might be worth a chance and that was age of adeline hmm, i have not heard of that it's kind of like a um i've heard of it but i haven't heard if anything. You, it's kind of like it's um yeah you know, kind of like a sci-fi romance i'd put it along with like the time traveler's wife uh something like that but uh you know it's just essentially about a woman who um uh, you know, through uh, without giving doesn't, too much away, through, age, through right. a bolt of lightning, yeah, it doesn't age at all. And she, um, you know, time in the you know, Cold War era and stuff like 40s, and she's still living, um, you know, looking exactly the same and all that. But uh, the way it builds and stuff is is really interesting. It's got a, a really strong uh, narration element and. It, it just kind of gives it almost like a, I don't know, like a late 80s, early 90s kind of feel to a point. Like there's just, or a storybook kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, well acted, so had some funny bits and stuff. The, I've, I've seen so many previews of it. I know, I, th- I think yeah. Anne was looking forward to, to possibly catching that. Uh, you know, I don't know if we'd go see it in the movie Dollar Theater, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely um, worth Just because like, when I go to a theater, I want to see something that's a, more of a spectacle exactly, or something. Exactly, and so do yeah. I. And that's the thing is, is that I always usually see those, or I now see them at the Dollar Theater a lot of time because, you know, a few films I'll, I'll pay for like the the um what do you call it uh top of my head i can't think of it the you know cinerama but what is harkins call theirs oh the cine capri cine capri showings i'll pay for one or two a year and um i really enjoy those or go out of my way to make sure but you know this was you know i i the only thing i the thing i liked about me it was all competent i wouldn't say it was a great film but it was a good film but the thing about it is that i kind of like some of these films merely because they stretch what most people have a very standard rigid definition of sci-fi mm-hmm. which is really space fantasy mm-hmm. and sci-fi is not space fantasy it's not the same thing things do not have to be in the future they do not have to involve like robots or you know all these things i mean it, it's you know, it doesn't have to be that Star Wars, Star Trek uh, temple. I mean, the greatest sci-fi writers of our time, Asimov, uh, Bradbury, Heinlein, all those guys, um, you know, they all wrote and, uh, you know, a lot of other people, or it's a bridge between sci-fi and fantasy. And so mm-hmm. I, I like people to step out of that. I mean, my favorite sci-fi film of the last 10 years was Children of Men. And I've mentioned that a few times. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I love post-apocalyptic, dystopian stuff, but I really felt that one was a very 
um, you know, sci-fi feature. So then uh, the one last thing for, yeah, for Adeline, sure. uh, there was a person that played the young Harrison Ford. And when I saw the, the trailers, I was like, wow, you know, he has a lot of like the same type of, yeah, you he, know, bone he, structure and everything and mannerisms. And I can't tell 100% because I'm just not that good on the AV tip of whether it was fully like the uh, the vocal tracks were ADR like or something like, you know, if it was right. just, you know, him pantomime. But, yeah. but either way, I mean, they may have done a loop of the two of them, but he, he, it sounded great. Harris Ford, it, you know, was I had never even barely remember the trailer. I didn't even know he was in it. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of surprising. Um, but it just plays well. Okay. And, you know, there's, like I said, tons of stuff. Um, you know, I'm always trying to catch up on backlog, but then occasionally will like a new film I hear about so much people will not stop talking about that I have to go see it. You know, I just or I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this, and I had the opportunity. So last night I finally sat down and watched Creep. Um, oh, that just popped yeah. up on Netflix. Netflix. I yeah, haven't seen just it, hit Netflix, but I remember people talking about when I was in the theater or VOD or whatever, and you know, I just I wasn't dying to see it. Um, so I watched it, and it was definitely one where I watched it late at night, you know, totally pitch black and stuff. Um, I, I'm not a huge found footage dude. I'm not a big kind of like, you yeah, know, the just video hearing that it's a found footage. footage is, just, and that's the thing. I, I think sometimes people may come think I am. I know Victor thinks I'm a real big <laughs> fan, but I'm really not. I like, I think the, the, the pinnacle films in it that most people talk about Campbell Holocaust last broadcast. Um, Though, both of those yeah. are good though. Yeah. Paramount, paranormal, <laughs> paranormal activity my bias. <laughs> and um, Blair Witch and stuff. I mean, a lot of the, what you consider like the tent poles, the literal four tent poles there of the genre. And there's some standout ones here and there otherwise but i think that um you know it does take a special kind of you know atmosphere and energy and definitely some really good acting a lot of times but um this one actually i don't know why it worked really really well i'm not stellar it's not going to be on my top it was the best movie i saw this year it's Mm -hmm. not even close but you know, a lot of times when they teach people, it's like in film school and stuff, or if you're doing like your first project, it's like, you know, do mostly indoors, do, you know, where you have like a limited cast and stuff. And that way you can really control the environment. You'll get a tighter, better project. And that's really what this film is about. It's about two guys and that's it. Most of it takes place in houses, one house in particular, some outdoor stuff, but it's basically, you know, guy gets a videographer job, um, the dude tells him what it's for you know it's for like my unborn son and but you know slowly it starts becoming like a the guy who is the um the subject of this documentary of this project you know he's definitely really unhinged and the how it's slowly i mean there's just a lot in it that um you know just really is a good slow burn mm-hmm. um it, and it's good because it doesn't it takes like a midpoint where you think it would end and it actually starts another tangent and uh, another pathway but one of the best things i can say about this as a found footage film is is that uh, and even just horror in general i mean barring some exceptions i think the film is like 80 minutes mm-hmm. and more horror films need to be like 80 minutes oh sure they have to stop trying to stretch it out into 90 or 100 when it really is a 70 80 minute film i yeah. mean you can only go so far with the the idea and the topic i mean some the grandiose kind of films like your exorcist your um hellraiser and stuff that they really pad out that running time while alien because it, it's just so in-depth and so perfect but a lot of these like especially lower budget films it's you know just keep it lean and mean and this is a film that does that well and um you know it's just a very like i said kind of a you know disturbing because it's uh, what a as a another hallmark of horror is to have something that could really happen mm-hmm. and this could definitely really happen so yeah no other than take it for you what's mentioning worth. it that's i don't know much about it but now that it's on netflix i mean that's just so easy just to you know pop on turn on and mm-hmm. even tune out if i get bored but um oh, you know i remember reading about the time before like 3d was around and before um they started doing like the the recliners and everything where the uh, movie companies were getting a little bit scared about drawing an audience as ticket prices were going up 
um, and they were saying, well, we have to give them their money's worth, so now movies have to be two hours. Yeah. I mean, that was like their... No, it's true. And I think in that age, yeah, especially if you look at like tentpole movies from the late 90s, like X-Men is like, one is only like 90 minutes long. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it recently. I'm like, my God, this it was like over before. Yeah, it's like nothing. It's all set up and like the little thing with with Magneto is just like, boom, that's it. It's over. And like that would never happen now. But that's all it needed. And that's one one stinger. That's it. That's all it gets. One, not four. That you have to wait through all the credits. It's interesting to me because I I still kind of feel like maybe X-Men 2 is the only one of the X-Men movies that actually has like a satisfying ending like every other X-Men movie ends so abruptly mm-hmm. like in the credits all roll like x-men 3 especially like when magneto moves a little chess piece to show his power it doesn't even linger for a second it moves a little bit boom, credits i'm like come on man <laughs> fade out anyway I, I still find x-men 2 to be one of my favorites and perfect but no doubt i mean especially as and when they started obviously cash cowing and dividing films when it was part one, part two, and I'm like, they're really both two hours and 45 minutes long. Right. And I mean, we don't even need to talk about Return of the King. Right. Yeah. I have never had to piss so bad at a movie <laughs> in my life, like, and just suffered through it just to. I remember, yeah, like watching Iron Man 2, and uh, it was just like two hours in already. I'm like, oh, fuck, I gotta go pee, because I just, I couldn't hold it anymore. <laughs> it's so long. Like, all the Iron Man movies are really long. Yeah, and you don't want to be sitting next to the guy all of a sudden you start hearing <laughs> serious piss bottle man it, yeah it, well they shouldn't give you the 40 ounce soda either you know it's like that is <laughs> you're, you're well, when you're that, done. i was just having this conversation recently how like the sizes of drinks are you know you go to a, like a harkins or amc and like oh a large drink is like 550 and it's like you know it, it's a a gallon or they might as well call it Uh, mini yeah what is that michael bloomberg huh yeah what you trying to take away my rights to my soda (laughs) (laughs) no but what i'm saying is i ordered a medium last time i went to amc when i went to see ant-man earlier Mm -hmm. this week and um the thing it's as big as a large yeah i'm like how is this not a large it's kind of insane well because now i'm a stubs member so when i ask for a medium they give me a large because i used to ask for a medium before yeah so i was used to the size of that cup and so when they went up to a large it was literally the difference between like not even a half inch wider yeah i mean it's the same height but it was just girthier yeah it's ridiculous it's like a dollar cheaper anyway chintzy man and hour. you get all you know and then they have the 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 soda machine where you pick all your different flavors you the know freestyle yeah freestyle thing love that thing i don't know but well, we I, we always see people on the second floor at center point 11 bring their own cups oh yeah because all, all the they don't monitor it they don't care yeah well and when we i mean it's crazy to think that I worked a movie theater when I was a kid. Not that I'm like telling people out there yeah, exactly. to bring your own cups and do that. I specifically yeah. tell people to do that. <laughs> His Abby Hoffman moment of the night. Sorry, Kirby. Go ahead. Yeah, it's all, it's all good. No, I, when I worked at a theater, I remember we literally had the popcorn, soda, candy, box candy. Um, we had hot dogs, and that was it. I mean, I think maybe we had, I think we got a, cause it was easy enough to add. We had like Klondike bars or something. So you just had, it's like a frozen novelty as simple as can be. And then right when I left that job, it's when we added nachos. And now you walk in, I remember we were out there years ago. I remember went and saw Kick-Ass, which is, you know, not the longest film, but my buddy, you know, his wife was pregnant at the time, like nine months. And we walked away with like, you know, two chicken bakes and aura nachos. Oh my uh, God. You know, they had like artisan flatbreads. You know, it's wow. like spent seventy, eighty dollars is what you end up spending. Well, know? that's that's what uh, I think they say at like CinemaCon and all these other big industry events. Now it's like they're not in the business of showing movies. They're, oh God, no. they're concession stands. That's well, yeah, that's where you money. make your money. Yeah, you just got. And now that exhibitor fees are so much higher. So you know, so. So it's so. What did you Ooh, see this movie? Oh, were you done, Kirby? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was really it. I mean, I, I, um, I on Adam's recommendation, I am going to watch Society this week because apparently it is an unbelievably oh yeah the awesome transfer is beautiful. Transfer. I still and, haven't gotten around to that because that I've that's just sitting there. That's one of the things I had on my list, and 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 I wanted to mention it again because all the versions that I've had, 
because society wasn't something that was on HBO or Showtime back in the day. No, I it was something that, that you video. always had to get on on VHS. Yeah, and it was a very just unassuming cover of the model like ripping off her face. I always thought that was a really cool cover. I think it was. I swear that's the only reason that movie has as much life is because. But I was cool kind of clumping it in maybe something that'd be like prom night or I mean you mm-hmm. know because she was wearing like you know the nice you know formal. debutante formal you know mm-hmm. gown or whatever. Um, but then once I saw it, I'm like, well, I knew you know Screaming Mad George. I was already a fan of his, so that was a real reason why I wanted to see it. You know, I was in Fangoria all the time, and you'd look at these images like, oh my god, this can be like the grossest movie, coolest movie ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but every copy that I saw, because there's so much red in it, um, just from the lighting, not necessarily from you know the the blood and all that stuff. Not that there's really a lot of blood. It's just kind of you know greasy, greasy, and a lot of flesh. Yeah. Um, it would just be washed out with red. Mm. Uh, and so I never really saw like a clean, clean copy of it, mm. even when it was like on a split DVD. Yeah, that um, one was spontaneous combustion, right. which I had to, it took me forever to track that down in the wild, so to speak. And even that didn't look all that great. No. You know, I mean, the, the, the contrast, it was just way too dark um, in some spots. It's kind of the, I guess, the Usna problem of him uh, maybe trusting some some DPs that he shouldn't trust yeah. to do lighting because that same thing happened with, like, Reanimator. Like, they had to fire the guy, like, halfway through because they looked at the stuff that they, they, couldn't, they couldn't afford to go back and refilm the stuff and it was just so dark that they just had to throw it in because it was uh, essential to the to the storyline yeah um but you know with the help of you know digital remastering and everything they've kind of brought those scenes out a little bit better than what they used to be but society looks just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous uh the commentary is really good too um you get a lot of insight from from yuzna and he kind of laughs at himself for a lot of the uh things that he does on screen but anyways uh yeah no yep watch it let me know next time definitely i'm sure that it you know you won't say oh what were you thinking <laughs> but um i don't think i'm gonna be saying any of the arrow u.s releases because i'm already broke and i'm gonna be a lot a lot I worse i gotta, I gotta to get pla- the plasma point i gotta get the uk the arrow uk buckaroo bonsai too and see how that is is that a blu-ray yeah thingy? it yeah. came out like last week Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, because I know they they haven't done a, a U.S. one, right? Yeah, no, they haven't. They have, they have the DVD, which I like. Mm-hmm. That has a lot of extras on it. Anyways, uh, I'm gonna kind of work backwards here. I I have been starting to watch Leviathan, the Hellraiser uh, yep. documentary. So have I. Oh my gosh, there is so much on that. It's worth it. It was totally worth the the forty dollars whatever it was is this plus like the, the uh, crystal lake memories or never sleep again type? yeah but it's kind not of, sort of, by but... the people it's actually by a uk company yeah. that okay. did it so but it's yeah jam-packed is that yeah, what saying? is like eight or nine hours i think it's eight eight hours for the actual documentary and then there's another supplement disc right yeah, yeah it's just it's insane and i haven't gone through everything i the only maybe kind of criticism that i could make is that it some of the um opinions and interviews kind of repeat themselves not that they they use the same um uh quotations or you know when they're sitting down with the with whoever they're interviewing because they kind of go through the movies and they go through different um aspects in in um in the story arc but the uh the the people that they're interviewing kind of repeat themselves on on different subjects but in different about the different movies at different mm. times so if they're talking about the makeup like oh i had to sit in the chair for you know three hours in order to get this done they'll say that in hellraiser one but then when they're talking about hellraiser two they'll say oh yeah you know sit in the makeup chair again with so and so you know it took me like like i said like three hours or something it's like you don't have to keep repeating the same yeah things yeah. over and over again um they so they probably just could have tightened up but i mean i mean how could i complain about you know, nine hours of stuff that I can't even sit all the way through in one pass. You know, like I can just keep going back. The and most amazing more and more. part I think of this is that it's actually a documentary about the first two films. Yeah, that's wow. it. The, the main documentary. There's right. supplementals about I think about the sequels. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but it, the bulk of the documentary is literally just about the first two films. Yeah. and that's yeah. I've been watching. I've been kind of jumping around. So they do talk about the third, fourth, yeah, 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 fifth, and beyond um, a little bit. And I think that one's only maybe about two hours mm-hmm. two and a half 
hours worth of stuff um but totally worth it especially if you're a hellraiser fan or even if you're just like like casually interested in like how uh horror movies were made back then uh or even just a clive barker fan in general uh mr robot is continues to knock it out of the park that's such a I can't, good show i can't tell people enough about that show it's just getting stranger and stranger as it goes on uh i saw the death of superman lives so where, where is that on is that on netflix that's a vod oh, okay um that's a that's a rental or a purchase through them and they have like the three different versions you know one that's just strictly the movie for like 14.99 and then other ones that offer you know different supplementals or you can buy the um, hard copy of it the dvd um i just bought the 14.99 version without all mm. the extra stuff because I, I think the bulk of the documentary I, th- I thought had enough um it was good i thought it was really good and it was better they don't really they what i appreciated and what i thought as opposed to what i thought they were going to do i thought they were going to make fun of the whole thing because it's like nick cage and it was just a complete disaster to put together but they don't they they treat it with respect and what it could have been kind of thing and a lot of stuff that i never knew before that i haven't heard before not that i go you know searching online for a lot of that stuff but um uh, there was a lot more content than i thought there was going to be Mm. especially with the um different screen tests different costume tests um one of the makeup guys for fright night Uh uh-huh i believe it was fright night who was at mad monster this year i don't remember his name steve wang no, it, I know who he's talking about. Yeah, he was on the panel. Yeah, he was on the panel. But um, uh, his name of age. He worked on that movie a lot. He worked on the suit. Mm-hmm. And so they interview him. And I was like, hey, I know that guy. Um, or I'm, I suppose I'm aware of that guy. <laughs> don't, don't know him personally. Uh, Terminator Genesis. Did we talk about that last time? I think we did. I think we did talk about yeah. that. I think that was like just right after... I was able to see it. Well, no, actually, I think it was something along the lines of we like we're gonna talk about it, but it hadn't been seen. Maybe we talked about it in private. Yeah. Oh no, no. Here's what happened. I said I had seen it, and I was like, "It's all right." And then we didn't talk about it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. I wasn't a big fan of the ending so much. Oh no, the ending was stupid. But uh, overall, I liked it. The only thing I did not like was. uh what's his name jai courtney oh jai courtney is john connor no jai courtney was um michael bean's character yeah john connor no michael bean played john connor no no michael bean is kyle reese kyle reese oh that's right that's right my bad sorry about that (laughs) that's okay i was still i was trying to find Uh, kyle reese in my head too yeah 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 i just thought he, he was he was flat uh, you know, it's like, it's really, the, the story of Jai Courtney is very interesting to me. Like, he was on this show on Stars I really liked a lot called Spartacus, Blood and Sand. Mm-hmm. And he played this, like, supporting character, and he was so good in that. And he, like, when his character died, like, oh, no, it's so sad. Like, because he built, <laughs> it was built up. Oh, no. You're not going to watch <laughs> I, I've always wanted to watch this show. I just, all these fucking shows, I'm sorry. I'm not unemployed, man. I don't have time to watch, like, <laughs> Mostly oh, you won't remember show. anyway. Well, no, 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 I won't. But I mean, I mean, I just the or I, I mean, I guess I just come more. Uh, it's like I, I think a lot of people, you know, they make the effort to watch all these shows. But I mean, um, you know, it's like a lot. Of, actually, I should probably say that that one of the things I did watch this week is one of my secret shames mm-hmm. is uh, I actually just this last week finally finished Breaking Bad. Oh, I have never actually watched the entire thing through because by the third season I wasn't huge fan of it i thought the fourth season was pretty weak and then the fifth season it picked back up but i'm really like i mean so many shows i just there's too many it's just especially if they're an well, hour he long does, he but does, he looks really different so you wouldn't really recognize it's all him good man I, I really wanted to watch yeah. it though I've, I've heard nothing yeah. but good things but um no like and i just really thought he, had, he showed a lot of promise on that show and then like at literally everything he's in he's like he it was somebody pointed this out he's like he's the new sam worthington He's like the art. He's the actor Hollywood wants you to like for some reason. So they well, cast him in everything. I also think he's he could be interchangeable with uh, Channing Tatum. I, yeah. they, they just remind me of the same kind of just deadpan look. 
I, I to me the, the most interesting thing and i guess i noticed this is like you know the second time i saw the movie because the first time i saw it i was like oh okay like he has a lot of banter with jason or the guy who plays john connor yeah um and arnold schwarzenegger but i realized it's mainly when all his scenes with arnold schwarzenegger it's arnold's charisma they kind of was like trying to make him seem more than he right. is yeah you know um, well, and then don't forget that he was also the son of uh, uh, Bruce Willis in uh, yeah, that's one, yeah, which he which the, I mean the movie itself is not that great, but he just made it worse by being in it. Yeah, that was the was first so movie dead. they tried to like. This is the new guy. Yeah, like I remember reading like Meet Jai Courtney, the new face of, and all he was was a fart on the screen, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> you know, but I my big problem. Uh, I mean, I think in in terms of Terminator Genesis. Um, I think they didn't really know how to market that movie. They no. might have done better. Like, I think, you know, they gave away the cool twist in all the trailers. and then Which the, still didn't ruin it for no, me, it though. Didn't, but but then, didn't like, the, the actual the, the twist they thought was worth saving. It's like, you guys, Genesis is Mac iOS. You know, basically. Right. You know, uh, and, it, and know. it's kind of, you know, I, I was... You know, maybe we talked about this or off the air. I did where it's where I was hearing people say like, "Well, what?" I think we did talk about this. Like, mm-hmm. why would people want Genesis in the first place? You can already net basically it's some kind of networking app, right? You know, like, oh, I can sync my phone to my computer. Like, any, that's what the iCloud does, right? You know, but isn't that, I mean really at this point in time? I haven't seen it yet. I will go see it, but I mean. It's the year 2015. You look at how far technology has come in the last 20, what are we at, 24 years since uh, term T2. And it's like, you know, so many of the things that basically were there. All I, I can mean, think you, of you it's, to, I mean, it's an alternate universe where there was no Apple maybe and this hasn't happened yet. I, I just, I, I was trying to figure yeah. that in my brain. I don't think it, it didn't really matter to me. I'm like, oh, they're just, yeah, they're kind of like doing an Apple thing. Yeah. Oh, no, I just yeah. meant in general that, you know, now how films, it's kind of like back right. to the sci-fi space fantasy thing, but people now have to really be cognizant of how much technology has changed or that you know things that were an impossibility now it's like oh yeah this really could happen to at least some degree yeah i mean yeah i just i i always just want to make a film just about everyone's phone all technology dying like a mash <laughs> shortage and just watching people kill themselves yeah. that's really so, all i want anyway. that jericho <laughs> I never pretty, saw it. It is pretty see, much. So, what, what else did you see? Oh no! And the, uh, uh, this is a, another one for for you and I to probably talk about a little bit. Ant Man. Yeah, I liked it. It was okay. Mm-hmm. I would probably see it again. It's really funny. I read an interview with Peyton Reed, the director. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he was the, he was a he was the second choice to direct Guardians of the Galaxy. It was between him and. Uh, and Gun. James Gunn, and um, so they gave him Ant Man instead when Edgar Wright fell out. And it's funny, all the things I guess you know they were asking about the production of the movie is a really good interview. I think it was on Vanity Fair, HollywoodReporter.com, and basically all the stuff I thought was cool and oh that had to be Edgar Wright was all him. Hmm. Like the but the stuff that you didn't like, like the funny stuff, like the. Oh, I didn't say that. Oh, I thought who was like maybe I was talking to somebody else about it. Like the stuff that, where where um, Hector Pena, he's like I talked to a guy and he talked to no a guy. no no that was Allison I think. Oh okay, well that, that all that was Peyton Reed. So that that was like my favorite. No, bit. those were my favorite. Yeah, that was my favorite part of the movie is his little his friends. Yeah, so that and they whole, would pop up. I mean, especially that when you thought they were out of the out of the whole movie and yeah. they showed up a little bit later to like help out you know with the mm-hmm. with the big score um i, I was everybody in the theater was like well yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean that's the thing that was Ant-Man. interesting to me is like all this stuff that like i thought wasn't as basically like adam mckay and peyton reed were the ones who punched up added the heist elements and oh, all sure, that yeah. you know and adam mckay is the guy who directed the anchorman movies and yeah, Step yeah, brothers yeah. so i'm like Give them, a, give like, I'm, I'm good to see another Ant-Man movie. Just let them do it from the get-go where they don't have to, you know, kind of triage somebody else's project. Or, yep. you know, I'd like to see what they could do yep. rather than, like, you know, take a half-finished movie and kind of fix it. I, for, for that, I, I feel like considering the kind of, you know, those situations where you fire a director and you have to, like, jump in right away, like, mm-hmm. you know, The Island of Dr. Moreau, like that documentary it feels like a really good cohesive movie to me right you know it just didn't i didn't have like the same kind of resonances you know like iron man or so you know some of the oh yeah 
stuff. I, I don't think know. Paul Rudd has like the charisma of a Chris Pratt, you know. Mm-hmm. But I did, you know, I did enjoy it, and it was different. Yeah, no, I, I did too. Know? I just didn't think it was I love top Paul tier. Rudd, man. He's one of my favorites. Like, I, I mean, actually, that was probably one of the more exciting features for me. I've just never liked the character of Ant Man. I mean, the only thing they can do is make up the ludicrousness of it. It's basically. Oh no, they make it. They, no, I know. Yeah. That's what I mean. But I mean, that's the only thing. Like, that's the pull for me. Yeah. Is because if they don't do that, then it's just it's just dumb. Because it's it's the problem that. I, I'm pretty amazed at how much like DC has reinvented some of their characters because DC has some of the stupidest characters in comic history, especially from I mean, most Marvel does too from like the golden age. But I mean, to really reinvent something or to put a spin on it and make it work is is really pretty incredible. So, but I mean, that's my big thing with comic movies is that. You know, post Dark Knight, we've just hit such a point of everything being so damn serious that, mm-hmm. like, there uh, Guardians was like the first movie I'd watched in forever with a comic twist that I really like. So, yeah. so what about this? Well, because I, you know, I don't even know if I want to see an Ant Man two. I'm fine with them just, you know, kind of shoving them in. Yeah, like, I don't the think he'll like probably get another solo up. movie. Yeah. Right, but you know, I'm almost at the point like even when they were talking about you know the doing Ant Man. Um, I was thinking, well, why are they even doing Ant-Man? Why don't you just have, like, an Avengers movie where they're just, like, interjected in there? I mean, almost kind of like with, like, how Falcon was in in um, uh, Captain America. How? What do you mean? They did not give Falcon a whole movie. Oh, yeah. Which no, is no, fine. No. So why did they have to I give Ant-Man a full movie? I think the story with Ant-Man is, like, Edgar Wright. man had- can't have his own movie. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to say. No, I, the story with Ant-Man, because I was actually... Well, not to say that they can't, but... Is he, he had been developing that movie before there was a Marvel Cinematic Universe. Who was? Edgar Wright. He'd been developing that movie since, like, the mid-2000s. Yeah, but they kicked him off of it. No, no. They kicked him off of it recently. But basically, you know, he was ready to go, like, it was supposed to be his movie after Scott Pilgrim. Right. But then they were like, oh, no, we need to retool this so it fits in the Marvel. So he kept working on it and and then it just, oh, maybe it can be a little movie set on. And then they're like, no, we want to bring him into the Avengers. I think that's where they had the creative differences. They kind of wanted to just do an ant-man movie not tied into the rest of the marvel cinematic universe and that's where the split happened wait so okay so he wanted it was to do originally like an autonomous to, yeah originally supposed from, to be an autonomous like here's this character ant-man has nothing to do with the marvel okay yeah because it was developed before that existed but then as it went on they wanted more inputting files like this isn't what i want to do and okay then, yeah we need but then why more did he, money i mean the, the, i mean but they just drop movies all the time why even like do it then well apparently they had plans for that character you know they like, probably they invested movie, in but. yeah they probably invested enough money they had to get something well they back. do yeah they, they have plenty of money though marvel has plenty of money oh yeah but they're not gonna dump something especially if they think they can make it work you know oh i suppose yeah get them on the phone because <laughs> yeah, remember remember a year ago everybody thought guardians of the galaxy was like no no we can't yeah but that. ant-man really didn't do that great like in comparison to guardians well, and this. ant-man is just one character yeah no, I know. and wasp but no, I mean, they consider two. that but, they, but, from what i was reading they considered ant-man like a big because he they it's like this is a c-list character and we made 60 million dollars yeah. in one weekend that's pretty good yeah right. but they also still were they're really counting overseas to uh kind of rescue that one because it was a lot but you then you look at a lot of the films that are still succeeding that are not like you know tentpole movies that are, are you know making decent money and they're you know it's like i'm sorry it's just the way i mean i don't feel no, that way but i think right. i mean i definitely corporate suits if it doesn't make a hundred million dollars now yeah. at first weekend or really close to it, then it's like uh, well, it's unrealistic expectation. Well, of course it is, yeah. but I mean, I also think that there is. I am waiting for the day when the MCU finally slows to a crawl, yeah. like where it's just unless it's the well, this is the only. Ultron this is pretty it. much the only small movie left. If you yeah. see their slate, the only thing you could remotely consider like a small weird movie is Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor Strange, or maybe Inhumans. I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. See anything? Did you see anything else this week? No. Okay. What can we live without, Victor? Well, 
I saw a few things this week. So uh, I saw just to follow the kind of uh, track we were doing. Uh, I did see X Men uh, Days of Future Past, the Rogue Cut. As did I. Um, I mean, I, I liked it, you know, I, I mean, I like added character beats, mm-hmm. so I liked it for that reason. Um, to me, it fixed a couple of loopholes and I'll probably watch this version instead from now on. Just it's longer pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just thought some of the scenes were unnecessary. A lot of that they put in. I thought it was just padding. No. I, yeah. I, to me, this is like an extended edition. Right. You know, so that's why I like, I like extended editions. Like eh, if it's good and this would be like, yeah, it adds to it. So I'm fine with that. Sure. Um, like Be- Beast has an added subplot that explains why Cerebro doesn't work the rest of the movie, which I kind of wondered about the first time I saw it. Um, what else did I see? We saw Ant-Man. Um, I saw Maze Runner, which is actually really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The next one is what? August? Yeah. Yeah. I, that's the one I remember mentioning a little weeks ago or, or uh, a podcast ago in the fall that I went and saw it, no expectations, and yeah. was blown away by how good it was. How yeah, and they're starting to show the, the trailers in the theaters for the yeah. next one. And that, yeah. That looks really cool. Trials. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I saw The Expendables Part 3. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that just means uh, if you're bored, don't watch The Expendables Part Three. If you have more like, in candy, the theater, I, I in the theater, it was fun. <laughs> I will see. You know, basically, Expendables Part Three is just like Sylvester Stallone gets you know burned out because uh, you know one of the original Expendables. God, I'm gets getting hurt. burned out, and so he makes a team of young guns, and of course, they all get kidnapped by Mel Gibson. It's really ridiculous. <laughs> um, well, it's an Expendables movie. Yeah, yeah it's it's really just, it's, it's weird in that like Mel Gibson's like quasi career resurgence involves him playing megalomaniacal villains and it never clicks. I just, this and Michelle, well, it was that or the beaver, you know, well, you know like the beaver is not a terrible movie. No, it's not. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Yeah. Is, is that he has, he literally, it's, he's just one of those dudes who's done for, yeah. for pretty much. I mean, it's crazy to think in 10 years how far he's just plummeting. I just, I can't see a way out of it for him, but you know, whatever. He has money. Lethal uh, Weapon reboot? <laughs> hey, man, if Schwarzenegger can keep doing these movies, man, and Stallone, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I saw a documentary that was really interesting. It was called The Search for General Sal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it, I really like that. Yeah, it's really good. It's basically about the origin of <laughs> General Sal's chicken like because it's not chinese and then they just travel around um you know the country to different weird chinese restaurants and it it tells a really good story about you know it's one of those cool documentaries it's like it seems it's about something trivial but then it's really telling you the story of uh you know the chinese immigrants coming to america but it never gets boring no it's really interesting especially they do it kind of tongue-in-cheek yeah and there's a lot of connections here to phoenix they go to they part of it talks about this the singhai chop suey house downtown at the end they mentions chino bandito so i'm like i'm all it's a good documentary did you ever watch the history of food ever on history channel no, when they used to show those that like you were saying it's so trivial and it seems like it would get boring it's probably the most fascinating thing it's like one of my favorite subjects like studying so i'm definitely gonna check that yeah. out yeah. um i saw this movie called faults the other day um it's really good it has um the girl who plays ramona flowers and scott pilgrim she also oh, plays bruce mary Wilson. uh yeah she's in grindhouse it's mary right. l mary something win win mary louise no no no. he's wow. he's closer it's like a w something yeah but it's really good instead yes. yes mary elizabeth winstead that's who it is <laughs> and yeah, team uh, effort there. yeah and um it's it it has leland crozer in it he's the main guy and if you this is one of those guys who like you're saying who the, who the hell is that he's one of those guys who is in everything um he's an alien resurrection he's like the one guy who like they open up the pod and then you find out he has an alien it's like get it out of me get it out oh of yeah, me. yeah yeah he's in all three of the taken movies he's in the guest he's the dad in the guest right. oh yeah, yeah um so uh and he plays a cult deprogrammer whose parents hire him to uh kidnap their daughter from this cult and deprogram her and then it the movie has like 
it's like a very like like mind fuck game it's super good it has a really good twist so that's on netflix i really recommend checking that out you know especially when it's like you know those little supporting guys you always seen everything when they give him a lead and he kind of blows it out of the park Mm -hmm. that's kind of this kind of movie and the other movie i saw this past week is this other movie it's on netflix it's called advantageous and it's a lot like children of men actually where it's like um kind of a dark hard sci-fi you know Mm. future thing uh, about this uh asian single mother who works for this company that's trying to market this uh technology for um inputting your brain waves in a different host body like it's kind of like my my take is like this is like the hard sci-fi version version of that (laughs) movie's movie selfless yeah yeah but it, it, it basically she can't get any further in her job because she's a woman and she's asian and then there's there and she's poor and it's like a whole thing about the haves and the have-nots but it's it's not the ellen powell story no (laughs) it's really good especially like after there's a twist that happens halfway and then you see like you know how things change um ken jiang has a really good little role in this like little serious <laughs> role in this so he's a really good serious actor yeah. that he's i always find the comedic dudes are always the best at the serious and like the real dark like terrifying roles oh, like, yeah. the people can do both really well that i wish they cast them more but that's cool to hear too like um you know that kind of stuff that people are yeah, this has a lot Water of like sci-fi. little parts from people. They're like, "Oh, that's that guy from that thing." And <laughs> yeah, you know. But uh, I, I, I like that those people are getting more attention now. So yeah. Anyway, that's pretty much everything I got. So. Some good stuff there. Yeah, everyone. Wow. Anyway, yeah, yeah, a lot more than we caught up on last time. We <laughs> well, it's like, been oh, a well, few well, weeks, boom. you know. I, I did get a, I got a Comic Con exclusive copy of Big Trouble in Little China that they put out that has like low pan on the cover, mm-hmm. has a low pan slipcase, and the actual blue ray case is black. Oh, nice. I was, yeah, I was thinking, oh, it was just going to be a slipcase, and it would be the same old you know shitty and it has a it has the same cover as a slip case on it and the case is black i was like okay this this was totally going back to the h hd hd dvd was actually yeah, red 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 but, but what were the black ones the black ones have just been i think few. it's just like a Very cool new thing I, I thought Hall- was- the halloween set that shout factory the big box yeah i got but i'm saying ones. but i'm saying yeah. like back in the day of the hd dvd there were like black case but I don't remember which, mm-hmm. what was the rival. Well, HD, DVD, and Blu-ray were the, the two rivals. Right. They may have had something else or someone else, but it was well, I remember some pretty limited. Case, yeah. yeah. But yeah. there's all, I mean, I love the, I also, I mean, but I'm a collecting horde nerd. So, I mean, I love. Yeah, it was a cool cover because it was like, like that. it wasn't just a picture. You could tell, it, I, it doesn't look like Jason Edmonston, but it's a painted picture of Lopan. And it's got like this foil kind of thing oh, going that's on. sweet. I think you can still get it on bestbuy.com. Yeah, I really, um. Uh, yeah, Best Buy's got some awesome steel books too. There's a lot of like I like that we mentioned before the the little Mondo postcard that mm-hmm. Edmonston and all those people had done. I mean, I just I love packaging on like deluxe packaging, all the big box sets. Yeah. And stuff. Well, there's three Mondo steel books that come out next Tuesday at Target. It's uh, I saw that. Yeah, Flash Gordon, the Thing, and Shaun of the Dead. So yeah. Well, Mondo's already got my money for The Last of Us four lp deluxe set and they're doing something else too and they're just gonna kill me no they have like one scale ninja i would get that iron giant but i don't have 300 bucks to throw around (laughs) yeah no doubt anyway so any i mean speaking of the iron giant i mean we are talking about buddy movies today you know where a little central relationship plays an important role in the movie, you know. I say that, of course, as I'm looking at Groot and Rocket. <laughs> you know, maybe Adam wants to talk about that a little bit since they're his they're my favorite. favorite. <laughs> By the like way, them. where we record this podcast is uh, is a plethora of awesome collectibles and posters. So if we're ever short on inspiration, just look we around. just look around a lot of times. Yeah. Oh, am I talking about yeah. Groot yeah, and Rocket? Yeah, let's talk about the Groot. Well, I don't know. I mean, well, I, even first, it's like, what 
what defines a buddy flick because even when i was thinking about it it can be so broad i mean the whole guardians galaxy i mean they all they're all like they become like buddies mm-hmm. um and then why do we like them it's because I mean, what we have you have friendships and you have you have relationships with people and you want it, it it's maybe like reminiscent of either when you're a child because uh, i you know as i'm older now i don't really have as how do how do i put this we don't go to the well i guess we do kind of in a way in a in a metaphorical way go to the sandbox and and play mm-hmm. or you know the jungle gym and play but now it's like a more like adult things so when we see like these buddy flicks of like living this vicarious life or doing something completely like drastic or crazy well, i mean sometimes we go on road trips i mean you know uh you know victor and i have gone you know down to i mean not that it's been like a big long mm-hmm. honking thing but we've gone down to tucson to the loft and yeah and yeah. seen a movie or something like that well usually i think the thing i notice and i think would fall into the the ones i would think about or it's usually a situation where a couple either one or two characters you just meet are thrown into this new situation Mm -hmm. and they kind of have to pal together despite being kind of antagonistic at first Mm -hmm. and they build a really strong friendship from that or it's you know characters who have a shared history we don't see and then are part of a community but then that community is threatened somehow and then they have to get even rely on their friendship to carry them through. Oh, I'm about to tear up. That's very lovely. <laughs> Both of you, so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it's that. I mean, those are all. It's a great description and outline stuff. But I really think of it as that. Um, you know, it's it's a template or a, a genre, subgenre that's been redefined a lot. Because when you really think about it, I mean, it's kind of like I was saying before about the the whole sci-fi versus space fantasy thing, which I know I brought up a few times. But I mean, when you think of comedy, I mean, you really do think of the whole boardroom. It's it's going to be a buddy comedy or buddy cops, you know, and a lot of the standard kind of format. But then you start thinking of you brought up like the Iron Giant, mm-hmm. or I think of a lot of films, you know, uh, that are especially like a journey. Um, you know is a huge part of that or you know the end goal but like I mean I think of strangely both Stephen King adaptions but both Shawshank Redemption and Stand By Me yeah those would be the two I would think yeah and are not comedies at all they're not buddy caught you know they're not all the standard format but I think almost everyone sees themselves in at least one character and I think that that's an extremely uh, important, the most important component to a successful buddy film mm. is you have to be able to envision yourself. And and the be- the really great ones are the ones where you've never experienced a situation like that in your life. But it's that character's reaction to it or their meditations upon it or their, you know, discussions and things like that that really brings it all home. And so... Well, I mean, I think Shawshank Redemption is really interesting because... Uh, you know the movie you know uh tim robbins character andy like you know he's not the narrator it's red so we're basically getting his view of uh andy, andy dufresne through the whole movie yeah, for you know see how at first he doesn't really like him and then you know how he comes to be friends with him and then when he leaves and then you know basically you're getting the whole evolution their friendship and how his sentiment towards him changes right through the and movie. well it- and then there's like that that opens up another th- thing is uh but the within buddies sometimes there's a mentor and a learner uh-huh you know student teacher sort of thing and an apt pupil if you will yeah also an excellent stephen king adaptation <laughs> the darkest buddy movie possibly ever made but um but no that's true there is a that's an important component too and there's also because it's mean, not like tango and cash is a is a mentor and pupil no type but of then movie. there's the kind of like a movie like harold mod too which is because then there's also like the romantic sub uh subplots or of that kind of buddy but it like hit on important is a lot of them are the opposites attract which can be very very surface and mm-hmm. and vain and then it can be on a really deep level yeah you know explored you know it just it varies i mean it just depends on the quality of the cast and the crew and all that in the end yeah i mean because you can you can take a handful of any films out of any release year and they're gonna have like huge buddy elements because 
people want that they well want especially to feel like lately they like all yeah. those like uh you know paul fag movies like the heat and bridesmaids and probably ghostbusters next year like well that's also because <laughs> there's there's more women and and uh you know other individuals because i mean a lot of it is catered to white males i mean it's a lot of mm-hmm. like i mean that's just the way the movie business has been for far too long i mean you can sarah i mean a, a, a great bunny movie i loved when i was younger was and still think is great as the joy luck club you know mm-hmm. and it's a very very you know it, it doesn't have to be again it doesn't have to be funny or you know light-hearted i mean you know and that's the thing i think that's totally when people go oh it's a buddy movie it's got to be you know but then you bring up something like shawshank and they'd be like oh yeah big chill well yeah i mean or breakfast club <laughs> breakfast yeah club. now we get on the whole uh what do you call him john uh hughes movies too <laughs> yeah i mean but then there's like movies that are like uh you know like i the one i mentioned like to me like guardians of the galaxy is kind of like a lot like big trouble in little china and the same kind of buddy comedy thing yeah where it's like you know you know jack burton and uh uh what's his name wang wang chi have been friends for like a really long time right. by the time you're in the movie yeah and they have their relationship and they're going to but then they intersect with these other characters and kind of have this shared goal and like and guardians yeah and that's kind of how guardians of the galaxy is like you know i mean clearly i mean star lord is presented as the lead but basically you know by the time you're getting to him getting the infinity gem you meet rocket and Groot and it's obvious they've been together for like a long time right too and then like cross goals intersect and then you have the ultimate antagonist partnership you know um with drax and um what, gamora, gamora. Oh, gamora. Yeah. i'm like yeah. the name is on the edge of <laughs> i was my trying to figure thumb. out who you were t- yeah yeah but i mean like the ultimate yeah. antagonist thing where they end up of course having respect for each other and uh you know they and again the a common, common goal, goal. Yeah. and it's an important part uh you know one of the first ones i thought of it's kind of funny to think of it was um was actually hot fuzz yeah which well, is obviously making fun of every well it's a total a deconstruction yeah. yeah it's a meta film but it's like it makes fun of it but also is a complete embracement of that like tango well, that was, yeah, and Shaun of the dead i mean yeah. that's yeah. not edgar wright Shaun thing, the dead, you know? can say almost all edgar wright's all right. edgar wright's films are like that i mean yeah. even the stuff like paul is you know it's mm-hmm. it's a total and oh, oh like the um a big part like we said stand by me that can apply to so many of of the buddy films because there usually is like a road trip or a journey Mm -hmm. that kind of thing is so important well yeah and that's pretty much like honestly the buddy movie is basically that's like every seth rogan movie like for the last like i would say what since 2008 or so well and the thing is is they've and I, I, well, I mean, you know, you remember the Rat Pack, mm-hmm. and there really could not be a Rat Pack today. I think the closest thing we got was maybe like the Clooney clan, you know, where he was hanging out oh, with, you know, Brad Pitt and, and stuff like that. Well, no, that's what saying I'm saying. That. Like the Seth Rogen movies are kind of like that. Well, not well, no, cool, but, but, but his life also mirrors yeah. the movies that he makes. Yeah. Because he hangs out with James Franco and all his other guys. Yeah. You know, well, and then like, they did the end, of the end of the world and all that. Or um, this, this is, is the end. end and yeah. Pineapple Express. Yeah. Are total, literal, yeah. like spot on. But even a film like, I mean, um, you know, like I think the interview I, is yeah. just all about him yeah. and James, James Franco's Franco. friendship. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I was also thinking of yeah. um, the View Askew universe. I mean, as a complete like oh, it's yeah. a real yeah. life friendship, and then it's really these people too, and and that's like I always think of that one too because of how mundane it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, like a film like Dogma and stuff's like uh, you know completely like supernatural or whatever, you know. But I mean, a lot of their films, I mean, it's just day-to-day stuff it's like the seinfeld kind of thing you know oh yeah you know show about nothing well i mean that's why clerk i always thought that's one of the reasons clerk was interesting because you see like if you look on a surface like oh the views about jay and silent bob jay and silent bob are just like a like a throwaway like cut cut joke in clerks it's all about dante and randall's like relationship Mm -hmm. and um to a lesser sense almost like um in in mall and no not in chasing amy uh ben affleck and jason lee's character's relationship mm-hmm. where it's like they're so close it's almost like they, it hurts the the main character's relationship with his girlfriend right you know especially in chasing amy where ba- where at the end jason lee's like 
fine i'll have a threesome with you guys if it saves our friendship <laughs> and then the, his you know bisexual it's like no that's not how it works dumbass <laughs> yeah but that's totally i mean it, you know there's just a lot of them that they uh you know it's it's definitely sometimes it's really that because i mean that's probably what i was hanging on the beginning of what i was describing is is that i think the two routes of a buddy film in the end of the day i mean it's always going to be in the eye of the viewer beholder etc but it really is what is forced and what's organic Mm -hmm. you know that's what really makes the film is is that because i think you also have to it's never want to use the term outside the box but i mean I thought that was a great kickoff with the Iron Giant. What about films of like a, like a Milo and Otis? You know, I mean, right. you don't have to. A film can be completely about like it could be about animals. It can be about anything. It can Homeward be Bound. About, yeah, mm-hmm. Homeward Bound. Another uh, Natty Gan. You know, Journey of Natty Gan. Like mm-hmm. I, a lot of the films I grew up. With, I mean, all those films are all about that. I mean, even like stuff like really getting out there, like Land Before Time, and all right. of them are about. Which I mean, really, I don't know why they didn't sue well, Ice it, Age for that one. But uh, you know, you well, I mean, most kids' movies in the eighties are like that, like ET, you know, or like like ET is so is very similar to like Lilo and Stitch if you think about it. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, the Goonies obviously being like a Paramount one, but you think of really like, and a lot of those two are uh, a huge part of, especially the kids is against whatever the entity is, the authority figures, the fear of growing old and and not being true to themselves. I mean, that's always a big part of it. Again, that's about keeping it honest and real. And and it appeals to both kids and adults. Exactly. You know, and that's the thing, like, why I feel like those movies have simple templates is because something people can relate to universally. You show those movies to kids so they understand, you know, what friendship is and the values of that. And then when you see movies like that when you're older, it's like, Yeah, because generally, I mean, you you don't see a buddy movie that um, really has, like, bad uh, uh, statement on their friendship. Yeah. By the end of it, it seems like everyone's like, you know, they, they come out the winners, you know, whether it's like Monster Squad or Goonies or something like that. It's like their friendship becomes stronger mm-hmm. through like the trials throughout the film that, that tests it sometimes. Yeah. And it goes bad and then it gets better. So is that something that as viewers, if, you know, if there was a new movie that came out that, that you know, Victor and Kirby uh, go to Egypt, you know, we get excited about that <laughs> because we know there's going to be. Uh, a very specific story arc where it's going to you know start out where these guys have known each other or they come together by happenstance decide to go on this trip you know misadventures ensue here i'm just i'm writing this right now as i'm mm-hmm. talking everyone's you know we're in the million yeah i went to egypt all i do is sleep on a rooftop go crawl through <laughs> went pyramids to a vegan and I, white castle and i, and I ate at a lot i know i ate a lot of falafel because that's all i could find that yeah. was vegan so <laughs> vegan white it castle. was it was the vegan white castle um <laughs> see that's where the conflict would come in yeah exactly so throughout the film it's a you know the 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 meat versus the carbs you know and yeah that's my literal like every road trip and every tour i've ever been on that's (laughs) that's our journey um but yeah no yeah it is but that's i mean that's how it starts that's how it's written i mean and a lot of people take it from their own experiences and then they hope they find somebody to relate to or they do take the fantastical one with those core values about friendship and Mm -hmm. you know and and go from there but i can't i can't think of anything uh, at, at the end of the film where it fell apart or I mean, even if someone no, was to die, it still brings you together. Yeah, usually, yeah, like the Royal I mean, Tannenbaums. The Royal Tannenbaums is like that, where like you know, there's all these different people. They're kind of it's, this is the only way it's subversive. Isn't that how Wes Anderson films yeah. kind of work. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like what I, I would say. The Royal Tannenbaums and the Darjeeling, yeah, Darjeeling Limited are yeah. both very similar in that where it ends up, starts with all these characters who were close kind of like fell apart they have to go on a journey together and then they come out stronger in the end right the only subversion in tannenbaums is obviously like they come together and then the person who gives them together something happens to them right but that's that that but that still bonds them even stronger because of that death but what i'm saying is like where everybody just goes you know screw you i'm odd here and you know you're like the worst people yeah it's an easy template to follow i mean like even that's the same template that harold and mod has actually Mm -hmm. you know it's like oh like i'm such you know i'm so uh, well i mean i don't know like harold i wouldn't say he's like just he's just weird and eccentric and then he meets somebody else who's weird and eccentric right 
then they have weird adventures together and that mm-hmm. brings obviously he thinks it's something more and then she's just like no and th- th- life is about living and you know well and then there's also like i mean it's kind of another fear from like my childhood and i think when people think about their buddies and stuff think about their 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 you know their younger years and all those friendships they had i mean for the most part whatever their the bright bright enlightened period of their life was but one that always resonated really really strongly with me was um the outsiders mm-hmm. um which was my favorite book probably Dude, growing up johnny man Dude, yeah johnny well i actually it's kind of sad to reflect on this this uh you know i haven't talked a lot of people but i actually had uh one of my uh friends from the bay area actually really uh or um recently died and he actually died his his name was sammy winston and he actually died going to save people out of a burning oh, wow. building wow so he lived like dallas and he went out like john went out like johnny he was one of uh probably the realest people i ever met somebody you know i never was the closest to or anything but somebody i used to always see at shows and stuff he was just an amazing person and it's it's you know because i've been thinking more about obviously about him and our, our friendship and our time together obviously as most people do reflecting on the end of someone's life and how how they lived it and that part you play with it but i also think back on that is that the outsiders is really uh, you know because it was one of his favorites and stuff and it was one of my favorites but it's really about such sharply different people oh, in yeah. that that i mean the the johnny and pony boy who are the more sensitive and then you have like and soda pop is that way too and then you have like a more violent uh, dallas and then you have like uh, um people like you know some of the other supporting individuals that were in there mm-hmm. um in their in the crew and all that and even the socias have their own side and stuff everybody's all you know everybody's trying in the end everyone's trying to find their place you know right. everyone is on the outside looking in and i made that you know obviously is what goes out saying is the important part <coughs> of friendship but i think that's what makes a film is you know people want it's not just about finding a happy ending it's just that people want to find their place and whether they find it in life or they find it i think why people are so attracted to films and books and music and art and even things like uh, obviously like sports and things like that but or you know some common goal or some theme or religion you mean go on a million different discussions with us but in the end it's like when we're talking about like the buddy film i think people go god that's what i remember or man that's really what i want yeah and it's harder to do stuff on on your own and it's great to have the support of friends mm-hmm. you know to kind of discover yourself because then you have the other opinions yeah different different um well, you know look at it yeah because i mean that's that's the thing like you know movies you know usually tell these like universal myths or whatever like usually if it's centered around one person it you get the hero's journey and anybody who's there to help him is probably just as a mentor figure but I think like the buddy film is good because that opens you up to so many different ways, whether it's like Lord of the Rings or like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you could argue ostensibly Frodo's on a hero's journey, but really towards the end, it becomes about his relationship with Sam Wise. Right. Mm-hmm. Another great example. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, basically that's what it is. It's like you have these different, you know, genre conventions that it opens up. So it's like, again, Lord of the Rings. You know, the, all these different characters brought together for a common goal. And then, you know, they come out stronger in the end. Yep. The ones, you know, survive. Or yeah, I really don't think there's much more that we could talk about buddy movies. Yeah. So basically, I'm trying to wrap it up by saying, like, it opens it up <laughs> to all the different genres. Or it's like yeah. a road trip movie, the hero's journey, you know, the, you know, fall from grace type characters, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's it's like an essential thing. I mean, we have we didn't touch about it like we touched about it a little bit in comedies, but basically that was like a staple in the eighties. Well, that's like, what I meant. It's yeah, like trading it is. Yeah, the, oh, every Eddie good Eddie Murphy movie in the eighties is like a buddy movie or yeah. buddy cop. It's yeah, cops it's, or anything that's like a thing. But cops for some reason it's just always been oh yeah the because it's, it's like template. workplace. Yeah, even though it's well, like, even Die Hard that you would think is just Bruce Willis's character. Well, like, he had buddies. Oh yeah, Die Hard with a vengeance is totally a buddy a buddy well, even movie. yeah even more so but even yeah. the first one had like yeah. his little his limo guy downstairs yeah. it was you know his little buddy oh, and and reginald bell johnson, johnson. Yeah. yeah it's all about reginald yeah. Bell johnson 
but they had I mean all those films and stuff were uh, but the buddy cop stuff or the buddy action the tango and cash the you know all those kinds of movies that was just it's it's so much of what people think of when they think of buddy but you know we've talked about all these different ones oh yeah and you are right going into the subgenre you could be on a whole nother one but it's weird one of the big ones i think of the last few years that i would mention is definitely especially for younger people is how huge harry potter is yeah like you don't Mm -hmm. think about it as much but when you talk about lord of the rings especially the relationship between sam and and uh frodo is like wow really like it's it's just but i mean when i talk to younger people whose whole childhood a huge part of it was harry potter you realize how much they identified with that like oh yeah especially like the whole harry hermione ron Ron. Mm -hmm. you know because she never becomes like you know the love interest for harry which would you know if it was just some movie that's what would end up happening right true i mean because we were watching ant-man and they like threw in this like out of left field like oh he's hooking up with so and so no spoiler alerts yeah with with some chick who <laughs> the whole movie you're oh, yeah. kind of like did they throw that in just to have a kiss at the end it just it seemed a little yes, out of left did. field <laughs> you know but like i said to me it's like you don't have to have that romantic edge like all the ones you know like rocket and groot or like you know han solo well, and, and when Chewbacca they or c3po and r2d2 right. you know those are the characters like oh i can relate to that guy i'd like to or if you're a kid you're like oh that's the character i'd like to hang out with right. you know no doubt yeah anyway so i think that wraps it up for the most part you know should i do the coda now yes please all right of our buddy adventure here (laughs) (laughs) yeah as we throw the ring into mount doom together but uh you can always cat thanks again for listening to cult following um we'll be back in a couple weeks with another exciting episode topic to be determined you can also catch us on august 22nd next month uh, when we'll be doing the last Starfighter, finally, yes, long requested. We can talk about if there's buddy re- the buddy relationship there, uh, you know, between uh, was it Centauri and our last Starfighter hero there, Alex. And uh, again, August twenty second, uh, you can get tickets on CoolClassicsAZ.com and at all Valley Zia locations. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes because subscriptions make awesome happen find us cult following we're also on soundcloud always check out cultfollowing.co we'll have some awesome new content on the way soon reviews and all that and until next time you know help us if you guys got a good idea for a sign off phrase we want to see that in the comments so leave us some wordage at facebook.com slash cultclassicsaz so until next time stay gold Yeah, and you don't want to be sitting next to the guy all of a sudden you start hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. <laughs>